Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Already getting your responses about mid-season NFL awards. Who's your MVP? Offensive and defensive players of the year. Maybe your top rookie or any other award that you want. Maybe you want to create an award. I did see one listener who's come up with those, his own award, which I will share with you as we have the opportunity. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, midseason's a good time to stop and take stock of what's happening. And as we get to kick off Week 10 on Thursday night, it's, oh, it's a soft launch of Week 10. It's Panthers and Bears. Panthers and Bears, and no, there is no Justin Fields, which means you've got two rookie quarterbacks who will be starting in this game, and together the teams have a combined three wins. So maybe you take a nap in front of the TV, or maybe you have something else uh, that you'd like to watch on Amazon Prime. <laughs> we do have some good games coming up uh, during the, the bulk of the weekend, though. I hope that Cowboys and Giants is competitive. Unlike the first iteration of these two NFC East rivals, this game taking place in Dallas. And coming off the game against the Eagles, the Cowboys are now 5-3, and three, but they love protecting their home field. That's our home. People are trying to come in, come into our, our stadium and, you know, get a win. And um, It's not just winning and losing. It's, it's our fans are there. It's our fans packing the house. Um, not only are we trying to win for ourselves, but, I mean, we're also winning for, you know, Dallas. It is definitely on my bucket list. Tight end Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. And, yeah, 5-3, second place in the NFC East. So let's talk about them. He's a former NFL QB, a former Dallas QB himself. Babe Laufenberg is one half of the Dallas Cowboys radio network along with Brad Sham. I really enjoy listening to them. We're coming off the game against the Eagles where – they have a couple of opportunities to change the outcome. Uh, and you know what? They've started out with some really impressive wins, babe. Uh, but the Cowboys have also tripped up in some of the more critical matchups. How would you describe where they are at this point in the season? Well, Bill Parcells, former Cowboys coach, used to always say, you are what your record says you are. So they are 5-3. and three, <laughs> And it has been a crazy year in terms of, I mean, they have, blown teams out starting with the giants in the opener mm -hmm. they, they went 40 to nothing there they give bill belichick his worst loss of his career <laughs> and and then they get beat by arizona so it's uh, arizona's only win 
but uh, it, it's just the way of the NFL, you know. And uh, hey, they played Philadelphia. I, I don't want to say tough, and I, I, there are no moral victories. We all understand all that. But if you had told me at the beginning of that game they're going to go up to Philadelphia and they're going to have the ball first and five at the six yard line, twenty seven seconds, and they got four shots into the end zone from the six yard line. I would have said, oh, I think they'll take that. Yeah, any Cowboy fan would take that. And the problem was they ended up first and first and five at the six, and they <laughs> ended up uh, throwing into, trying to throw it in the end zone from the 27 because they had two penalties in the sack. <laughs> so they didn't get it done. But uh, I'll be honest with you, Amy, I'm already looking forward to the rematch. December 10th, <laughs> Philly comes to AT&T Stadium, and uh, it's just going to be a heck of a game. And after that game on Sunday with Philly, uh, I said to Brad Sham, my broadcast partner, I said, you know, if you didn't have a dog in the fight and you just sat down to watch a football game, you'd say, boy, that was that was a fun, entertaining, mm-hmm. physical football game. Obviously, I live in Dallas and all the people here had a dog in the fight, so they're not real happy. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the loss in San Francisco, so the 42 to 10, how much would you say they improved or how much would you say they're a different team now than that one that got blown out? I wouldn't say they're a different team, but I think there's there's no question they've improved, and I think that probably goes to every team in the NFL. Um, obviously, injuries are going to take their toll, so you may not be as good because you've lost people. But um, I, I think with every successive week, you get more comfortable in what you're doing. Mike McCarthy, obviously, the play caller here now. Kellen Moore has been the play caller for the three years before that um, with McCarthy here. So there's a, there's a little learning process on the the offense. It hasn't changed dramatically, but it's definitely changed. So I think they're all still getting their feet wet with there. You obviously have new players every year. Brandon Cooks added, and he hasn't yeah, really assimilated him into the offense to the extent that I thought he would be. Um, so the the season, as you well know, <laughs> it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good friend Jason Garrett, former Cowboys head coach, used to always say, and probably still does. The history of the NFL is written week to week. Uh-huh. And it's just so true because the Cowboys, you know, as you mentioned, they get blown out by San Francisco 42 to 10. And then San Francisco, clearly the cream of the NFC until they lose three straight games. Right. So, you know, at the end of the season, they're going to say, okay, how many did you win? How many did you lose? Okay. You, 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 and you are in <laughs> and you other, the other guys are out. So we'll see what happens when the playoffs roll around. Well, if it makes Cowboys fans feel any better, Josh Dobbs led a comeback against the Falcons on the road after he'd been with the Vikings for all of 10 minutes. So at least they lost respectably to Josh Dobbs in Arizona. I, I love that. I love these stories where guys get in. And Now, the, the one thing that has changed and allows these guys to come in and play two, three days later, trust me, I'm not saying it's easy, but the the speaker in the helmet that coach is sitting there giving you the play telling you what to look for <laughs> check this if you don't get this look so that that's just such a huge advantage to what it was i think 1994 was the first year they brought in the the speaker in the quarterback's helmet where the coach could communicate directly with them but half the problem is just getting the play called literally called and uh if you've watched any and i know you have any of the behind the scenes the hard knocks or this Yes. The quarterback thing they did on Netflix. The play calls are so complicated. Yes. That would, that's almost like the hardest part 
for these quarterbacks that are assimilating into a new offense and, you know, guys that just got there for a week is literally getting the play called. So having that coach with the, you know, walkie talkie and into your headset is, you just can't, you cannot imagine how much easier that's making it for these guys. Again, not to say it's easy, <laughs> but easier. Babe Laufenberg is part of the Dallas Cowboys radio network along with Brad Sham. I always enjoy listening to them and did that for Cowboys Eagles. So we're glad to have him with us here after our CBS Sports Radio. Have they always been this complicated, the play calls? I would have a hard time remembering the various iterations. <laughs> Forget actually spitting it out in a huddle. They, I think they have gotten more complicated and the quarterback is doing more at the line of scrimmage now, I think, than ever before. Um I remember, shoot, I mean, we're going way back, but my rookie year, I felt like I had achieved something if I was able to just get into the huddle in training camp and call the play <laughs> with, with the shifts and the motion. I started in Washington, and in Washington with Joe Gibbs, you, you always had two shifts and then a motion. So it would be shift to this formation, shift to that formation, then you'd motion the guy, and then you'd have to call the play. And, uh, again, it was like, Oh, if you broke the huddle and called the play, I felt like, okay, you know, first down. <laughs> then you had to actually run the play. But, uh, yeah, they, they put a lot more on the quarterback today, that's for sure. Thinking of the new wrinkle in the relationship between Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, you mentioned that they're still working that out. But how do you like it? How do you like a head coach and a quarterback working directly when it comes to what we see on the field offensively? You know, I think it can be good and bad. It certainly takes away from the head coach being the head coach, right, of managing the game and the decisions and things of that nature. But um, I'll say this. If, if you're going to get fired, not saying that Mike McCarthy's going to get fired, but you, you want to oh, go don't down. don't start rumors, babe. Oh, my no, goodness. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying you don't want to get fired because your offensive coordinator or your defensive coordinator didn't do what you wanted them to do, mm-hmm. right? And uh, – and, they're, they're, hey, everybody's been successful different ways. Bill Walsh called the plays in San Francisco. Uh, you know, Nick Sirianni does not call the plays in Philadelphia, and he's had two different offensive coordinators come in now. So there, there are different ways to do it, and I think it's really just how you feel most comfortable. Uh, I will say with Mike McCarthy calling the plays this year, even though probably 70 to 80% of the terminology is the same as what Kellen Moore used, um, I always feel that that play caller and the quarterback is like a pitcher and a catcher, right? Where that catcher flashes a sign and the pitcher says, boy, I mean, he's thinking the exact same thing. And there's that simpatico, right? Of <laughs> this real rhythm gets going because, boy, that catcher and that pitcher, nothing disturbs me more than watching that pitcher shake off four signs. Yes, right? You're right. like, oh, this, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just feel it's not going to be good. Uh, so I think it takes a while to develop that um, to where you're saying that that call comes in and you're saying, boom, just what I was thinking, just the play I wanted. I love the connection between Dak and C.D. Lamb. How have you seen that turn into a real dynamic duo? Boy, they've been, you know, exceptionally good over these last couple games, that's for sure. And Philadelphia is so – if, if Philadelphia has a weakness today, it's the secondary – and uh, obviously they traded for Kevin Byard. There was a reason for that. They wanted to show up their safeties, which had, had been problematic for them. But yeah, C.D. Lamb's been really, really good. And, and, and he and Dak are 
whatever you want to call it, finding in a rhythm or teams come out, they, they know where CD lamb is, right? It's not like, Oh, where'd this guy come from? <laughs> but, and they still can't stop him. And that, to me, that's some, the most difficult thing when all of a sudden you're getting all the attention from the defense and they know they need to stop you and they still haven't done it. It's been really good between those two. No question. He, the last two games, he's had 10 catches and 150 yards or whatever, or more. He had 11 this past week in terms of catches, but he'll be the first. This is shocking to me. I would have thought, oh, Jerry Rice probably did it like 10 straight games. <laughs> he'll be the first receiver, if he gets 10 catches and 150 yards, to do it in three consecutive games. Whoa! And, and all the, yeah, and all the football they played, I would have thought somebody had to have done that, but the stats don't lie. Yeah, and he's only 24 years old. Do you forget? Because it feels like he's been around for a long time. We're excited to have Babe Loffenberg back on the show, former Cowboys quarterback himself, part of the dynamic duo with Brad Sham for the Cowboys Radio Network. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The defense for the Cowboys, it's brash, it's bold, it's aggressive. Uh, the consistency they have with Dan Quinn sticking around and some of their stars. What impresses you the most about the defense? Well, they haven't been as good over the last four games or so, they started out completely on fire. Um, but it, it's an interesting defense from the standpoint of they, they really have only one play, only one linebacker. Now Marquis Bell plays linebacker, but he was a safety <laughs> and they moved him up. So it's a very fast defense. And I, I do think, and not real big. And I do think, if you look at the numbers, they are, I, I had them, and I apologize because I may be off a game or two here, but they are 16-1 and one now since the start of last season on turf. But they're 2-7 and seven on grass. Now, Weird. you can put a lot of things into that, but I, I think it's a team that, that plays better on turf. We all remember, of course, the greatest show on turf, right? St. Louis Rams, and that team played better on turf. They, and and I, I just think this defense, again, predicated on speed, turf is obviously faster. They're a different team on turf than they are uh, when they get on the road and play on grass. Are you ever surprised by the way Cowboys Nation travels? Because, yes, you point out the home field advantage, but, gosh, when they go on the road, the legions are arriving with them. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a national team, uh, kind of the way Green Bay is, the way Notre Dame is, if you're in the college football world. But, uh, you know, Pittsburgh travels great. Um, Green Bay travels. But uh, no, no question, shoot, the Cowboys played the Chargers this year. There were more Cowboy fans out there than Charger fans. It felt like a home game. It, it's, it's pretty rare when the home team <laughs> has to use the silent count because the fans are making so much noise, but there were that there were more Cowboy fans out there than Charger fans, and, that, and that'll happen. Arizona was it wasn't it wasn't half and half, but probably sixty forty. Arizona fans were the sixty, and Cowboys forty. So they do travel well, and that makes a difference. What's their Achilles' heel, babe? What's their weakness? Mm, well, the running game right now. Uh, they have not run the ball well all season long. You can't even really point to. Uh, a, a game, I guess Arizona, Pollard had over 100. It's the only game I think he's been over 60. Um, so they have not run the ball well, didn't run it well against Philly, although Philly has a, as we know, very, very good run defense. 
But that, I think until they shore up that running game, and I don't know if that will happen, that it's going to hurt them. Um, and, and Bill Parcells, again, I'll quote him because he had so many great quotes, but he would always say, just because you can identify the problem doesn't mean you can solve it. Oh. So it's like, okay, hey, they're not, they're not running the ball. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we know they're not running the ball well. How are we going to solve it? And so we'll, we'll see what happens. But they, to me, no, no doubt they have to be able to run the ball a little better than they have. Is that offensive line? Is it Tony Pollard? Is it something else? Well, Pollard is coming off a pretty horrific leg injury from last year in that playoff game at San Francisco. I, don't, I can't imagine that he, he's back to 100%. He doesn't look quite the same. Uh, the offensive line, Terrence Steele, the right tackle, he's coming off an ACL from last year. Tyron Smith getting older, although he, let me just say this, he played great against Philly. He's mm-hmm. got about as good a game. But, uh, you know, Zach Martin, great, great player, Hall of Fame player. You know, he's 32, 33 years old. He's had 10 years of NFL wear and tear. Still really, really good, but you just – no player is going to be the same at uh, 32 that they were at 25, right, after getting beat up for, again, 10 or 11 NFL seasons. But he's still been good. Don't get me wrong. Okay, so I want to drop a, a stat on you or a, a piece of information. We call them nerd alerts on my show. When Tommy DeVito starts, he will be the 10th rookie quarterback to start this season. The 10th. Yeah. It's the most ever in any season, and we're barely halfway through. What's your reaction to the number of rookie QBs we've seen so far through just one half of the season, babe? Well, probably two-part injuries, but also uh, – there was a time when you didn't even think about playing your rookie. You know, Bryce Young wouldn't have played. Uh, Will Levis wouldn't have played. Uh, C.J. Stroud wouldn't have played. Aaron Rodgers waited four years right. to get his starting, you know, and and, uh, and that was due to injury at that time. You know, Brett Favre didn't start a game as a rookie. He threw five passes. He was in Atlanta. But so now you, you, they draft him and they throw him out there, ready or not, here we come. So that's part of it. And, uh, but, but as to why these backups are, uh, these rookies, I mean, are coming in and, and playing as backups, that's a little puzzling because you always, now you can keep three quarterbacks, and typically that number two is going to be a veteran guy. Now, in the Giants' case, obviously they lost Daniel Jones and they lost Tyrod Taylor, so they're, they're down to their third quarterback. But, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of young guys playing, and uh, it's not easy. Uh, even preparing last week for the Philadelphia game, Nick Sirianni said, look, I know Jalen Hurts is in his third year and you think he's a veteran, but he said he's still learning, and, and they really are. Uh, I love it when a guy has like two starts under his belt, and they're like, well, now he's ready. It's like, no, it takes years. <laughs> oh, good. You I'm glad take- you said that because I was going to ask you, from a quarterback standpoint, how long does it take for a young guy to be comfortable with everything that's happening around him? Oh, Again, years. It's not just uh, get through six games or ten games. I mean, I, I guarantee you, Dak Prescott is still improving and and seeing things uh, that are different uh, that you're putting into the mental rolodex, if you will. And he's eight years in the league. But uh, I loved Sirianni's comment that, hey, I know you guys think, and, and hell, Jalen Hurts was runner-up last year for the NFL MVP. So he had it. It's it's not like oh, he's learning and making taking his lumps along the way. He played great, but I, I guarantee you, Jalen Hurts will be the first to tell you, "Hey, I'm I'm learning every day I come into the office." And the old saying is, "True knowledge comes after you know after you think you know everything." And uh, <laughs> I think that's 
That's true at the quarterback position. How do you explain C.J. Stroud? <laughs> yeah, he's been phenomenal. I will say I really like C.J. Stroud best coming out of this year's class. Now, having no idea he'd play the way he has. And, uh, you know, the bad thing for those guys, too, the, the Bryce Youngs and the C.J. Strouds and even Richardson, you, you know, you're getting drafted by bad teams. There's a reason why they took you up at the top of the draft because they earned it. They, they were they are not good football teams. So to be able to go into those environments and succeed like C.J. Stroud has is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah, and last week, you know, 470 and five touchdowns. He, he certainly looks like he's playing like a veteran. Yeah. We'll see – Cowboys will see Bryce Young in two weeks. They go to Carolina. So. But I always t- think it's interesting that the quarterbacks, you know, you come back five years later and you say, or three years later, and you say, gosh, okay, now who would we have taken? And I always think of the Bears, right, trading up to number three to get Trubisky <laughs> and passing on Mahomes. Um, that's going to just – it's got to haunt you, you know, every day you wake up. I remember when Kansas City played the Bears, I think it was last year, I thought, oh, if you're a Bears fan, this is just really adding insult to injury here. You know, not only did we have a guy that isn't even on our team anymore, they have a guy that – We're going to be NFL MVP candidate virtually every year for the next 10 years. Yes. But yet when the position is played the way that he does, it's not just revolutionary for your franchise, but gosh, is it fun to watch. It reminds you why you love football in the first place. Uncanny. It's uncanny, his instincts. It's amazing. Yeah, and uh, he started that very last game of the year. Chiefs had already, I think, locked up their playoff seating at that point, and Alex Smith was their quarterback, and he played mm-hmm. very well in that last game. But uh, when Andy Reid was in Philly, you know, they took Donovan McNabb with the second pick in the draft, and, and Doug Peterson started the first 10 games of that season. So I, I do think there's a lot to be said for holding those rookies back, mm-hmm. letting, them get, letting them really learn the ways of the NFL. You, you can learn from being on the sideline. I know everybody says, oh, you got to get out there. But as many guys get ruined by going out too early – as our success stories, you know, like C.J. Stroud has been at least through the first eight or nine weeks here. Sometimes you no, think you got not. it figured out <laughs> and uh, you think you got the right guy and then you just don't. And and the Packers situation, too, is a great example. All right. You can find Babe Loffenberg on Twitter and you can hear him on the Cowboys Radio Network's Brad Sham. Oh, at Babe Loffenberg is how you can find him. Uh, it's always a treat to be able to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. It's fun to listen to you. Okay, thank you, Amy. And I listen to you just so you know. Cowboys play a lot of night games, right? They play Monday night. They play Sunday night. (laughs) And I'm on the charter. And when we get back to DFW Airport at about 4 in the morning, I listen to you so I can catch up on what happened that day. It's great. Oh, that makes my day. Thank you, babe. That's so kind of you. And great to have you on the show again for the first time in what feels like forever. So, yeah, a little extended conversation with babe, but not all Dallas Cowboys. Though, I will say, of the three most active fan bases that I hear from since I started doing this show, this national show, Dallas is definitely one of them. And you should be proud of that. I'm trying to think... Cleveland's another one. Cleveland fans are so active. It would maybe be, I'd have to 
think about the third one before I named it. But yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of Cowboys fans. And we have a huge affiliate in Dallas, 105.3 The Fan, not to mention other affiliates in Texas, uh, one in Austin, and, and there's a bunch of different ones, San Antonio. So yeah, it's good to, to uh, talk to Babe and to hear what he has to say about the rookie quarterbacks and about the process. And yeah, how do you explain C.J. Stroud? And to that end, do you have some awards? Maybe Offensive Rookie of the Year. So check it out on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, and then our Facebook page, too. What are the midseason awards that you would hand out at this point? We'll ask Marco Belletti when he joins us in studio coming up next. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The After Hours Podcast. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You're up next here on CBS Sports Radio. Joe. You owe me an apology. Probably not. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. You, you go on the radio and you say that a 32-year-old running back is not an old, is not old for that position. Wait, what in the world, dude? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I do because you called me delusional. No, you were the well, one I, that said illusional. We have the drop. You want to hear it? I like to hear that. You called me illusional. I called you illusional. You called me. I was, illu- I was illusional. That was you, Joe. No, that wasn't me. Do you still think a 32-year-old running back? Does? I have said repeatedly that 28 is the point at which teams start to shy away from running backs. Wait, so he wanted an apology because I called him illusional? You're still illusional. Here's Amy Lawrence. <laughs> I miss that guy. It's been a while. 
something happens to people often when they know that they're on national radio. Just it, it changes their whole personality, but also they lose the ability to speak clearly and succinctly. <laughs> I don't think that's Joe. I remember Joe from Massachusetts. Uh, I think that's Joe. 24-7. I don't have anything to do with radio. I think that's Joe. <laughs> Marco Belletti's here in studio, and we're starting to get your responses about mid-season awards. MVP is the one that I find challenging. I will say this, and I know we don't give awards like this in November, but if Tyree Kill goes over 2,000 yards, absolutely the guy that I would vote for MVP. At this point, I'm still willing to put him into the conversation. I was big on Jared Goff. That's fallen off a little bit. I called him a dark horse. So, yeah, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm, yeah, right now it's with the number of rookie quarterbacks that are starting. It's kind of hard to find a dominant QB. Even Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I mean, their, their Mm. running game is what's, is what's crushing it. He's had some good games, but I wouldn't say he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Head and shoulders, maybe not, but he would be my pick right now. If we had to make a pick right now for an MVP, what he's doing with that offense, bouncing back, the running game, his passing, I think he's completing over 70-something percent of his passes. Mm -hmm. I would probably lean towards Lamar Jackson for right now. Now, is it head and shoulders? No. Uh, A lot of people will point to the picks. Uh, I would still put Patrick Mahomes right in this category. I think we just take it for granted how good he is and how good the Chiefs are. But again, we talk about their offense. We know Travis Kelsey. Who is everybody else? Doesn't seem to matter, does it? When Patrick Mahomes has got the football in his hand. So I would put the two of them there. I like the Tyreek Hill, obviously. The one guy that, when I said I wanted to look at the names to see if I forgot anybody, there's some obvious ones. The one that I wouldn't have jumped out in my mind, just because I didn't think it was that, I knew it was good, I didn't realize how good, was C.J. Stroud. Now, do I expect it to go that far? No. But for what that rookie has done, Mm -hmm. for what that team has done, to be in the race, to be able to not only make a playoff spot, to possibly contend in that division, he has turned the entire franchise around, and he's done it. He's done it. I know it's a team effort. 14 touchdowns in one pick. The guy's been dominant, and he's been great in every aspect. The idea that he can't be in the MVP conversation would just only be because he's a rookie, which is silly. He's definitely in there right now. Do I expect it in you know, December and January? No, I don't expect him to stay that far. That's just that we're asking too much. What about a Tua? Would you put him in the conversation? Yeah, he's there. I think he gets hurt with Tyreek Hill. True. They split votes. Yeah, I mean, you wind up, you're looking at one team. I mean, if we're all looking at Tyreek Hill in the year that he's putting up, and if he can get to that magic number, and if he can break the all-time receiving record, well, if we're looking at that, then we're kind of taking it away from Tua. No, like you're not going to have both of them. And once you start splitting the votes, automatically it's going to be in your brain, even if you don't want to do it. You're going to give more. You're going to lean more towards Tyreek Hill doing something that's historic as opposed to Tua just having a good year. Mm. couple of uh, people that, as I was looking through NFL stats, that I didn't expect to see on top of the, their particular category. Daniil Hunter already has 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Max Crosby have nine and a half each. Well, And, and then Khalil Mack has nine, but Daniil Hunter has mm-hmm. 10. That's really impressive for him, especially when you consider the Vikings started out, what, one and three, Mm -hmm. something like that. And their defense has been so much better than it was last year, even Mm -hmm. when they won 13 games. Because of? Yeah, well, a lot of it is Brian Flores. Yeah, I'm sure. Again, that's definitely, I would look at Garrett because what he does with the Browns scuffling on offense a lot, he's kind of been just a ridiculous, you know, I mean, he's he's everywhere. 
Uh, I think one of the guys we didn't mention too offensively, just to go back, was A.J. Brown. Uh, yeah, I was just going to bring you him know, up. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts, as much as the year hasn't been exactly the what, what we thought in another MVP-type season, he's been banged up. A.J. Brown is putting up ridiculous numbers. He is going to get hurt, though, in my mind. Oh, with, I thought you meant physically. It's like, no, no, don't no. say that. He's going to get hurt in my mind to the idea that he has complained way too much about even when they're winning, not getting enough touches, not getting the ball. Uh, I hate to tell him, but voters remember that kind of stuff. And that's something that's going to hurt him if it's going to continue to plague him all year. But right now you think, oh, Tyreek Hill, over 1,000 yards, that's amazing. And he is leading the NFL with 1,076 receiving yards. But A.J. Brown's already over 1,000 as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, again, until I was looking at the numbers, which is why I was going to bring it up, but you beat me to the punch. He's already at 1,005 yards. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I mean, they've got so many options on that team that mm-hmm. that's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, too, they're both. There's weapons galore. And I also go back to, look, the Dolphins were kind of, we know the 70-point night. We know that they haven't played well against the upper echelon, and they beat up on the uh, everybody else. We get all that. For the Eagles, though, I feel like all season long, even the win that they had on Sunday against the Cowboys is still kind of like, yeah, but. They're, they're winning, yeah, but it's not enough. It's not They're not dominating. They're not showing you everything they could show you. There's another level that they can go. And you look at some of the numbers, and A.J. Brown is still over 1,000 yards. They can still run the football basically whenever they want. It seems like the only time that they don't run the football well is when they just don't do it. You know, like and Jalen Hurts hasn't been as good as he was last year, and they're still where they are. It's it's impressive, and there's another gear for Philadelphia. They just got to make sure that they hit the other gear and don't keep sliding into a lot of the bad tendencies that they have, which is not running the football when they should and getting a little cutesy when they don't need to. Just <laughs> if you can dominate from the opening kickoff, nothing wrong with that. Just dominate. Well, but they have had some games where they've been pushed. So both games against the Commanders went down to the wire. And and in the latest one, they had to rally in the fourth quarter. And the first one was overtime, yeah. Right. right. The game against the Cowboys was really close, too. Yeah, but it shouldn't have been. Again, that's what well, that's the what, part that we look at. But you say that, though, except that Luke Schoonover, Luke, right, is his first namer? Uh, Luke Schoonover? First namer. First name, uh, the, the the tight end. Uh, he was, I mean, his he was barely not in the end zone on a touchdown on a fourth down, and then the whole out of bounds thing with Dak on the two point conversion. Right, just it. it I understand why Mike McCarthy and Micah Parsons were both calling it a game of inches because that was just a five point spread. I didn't say it wasn't. I said it shouldn't have been. The Eagles had chances to take control of that game where they couldn't have allowed Dallas to have the opportunity to make that one play or to get that one inch, and they did. Well, the Dallas That's defense the, is part of it. I get it, but I, I, I just feel like the, the Eagles have done a great job of finding a way to win, and that is championship caliber, and I give you credit for that. But I am seeing a lot of the same disturbing things if I were a coach or a Philly fan where I look at it and go, we can dominate from the opening kickoff, and we don't. Why? When you look at the loss to the Jets, why? Now, you can have a bad week. Everybody <laughs> slips up. No, but I mean, like, when they, they looked at that game, I don't know if it was a look ahead or whatever it was. They looked like they wanted to work on stuff instead of just winning the game. That's not how you go about it in the NFL. Get the game. Work on stuff in practice. Because you can't have it where you're in the middle of a game and you're going, oh, you know what, let's check our passing game. Let's see if we can do the. If you're running the ball down someone's throat from the opening kickoff, Touch don't push. stop. Don't stop. And that's what they did to the Jets. The Jets couldn't stop their run. They just they just stopped running it. And they kept throwing the ball like, no, this is a good defense. This is a good way to try to get our passing game going. What are you doing? 
Stop playing with fire. And they've done it all year. Now, they haven't gotten burned other than that Jet game. But you can't do that and sustain and think you're going to be where you want to be. And I know where they want to be is a one seed. And if you want the one seed, stop playing around with games that you can take. 855-212-4227 on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You can hand out some of these midseason awards. Uh, Ron says defensive player Max Crosby. He definitely is a wrecking ball. And then rookie, he goes with Sam Laporte, although it's Sam Laporta, but, you know, who's keeping score at home? Sam Laporta for the Detroit Lions. He's been a new favorite target of the Jared Goff-led offense. And while you're on our social media, send your random guess, a number between 1 and 1,000 to be part of the After Hours Zoom room. And if we blow up uh, the, the Twitter and Facebook pages, then Jay has to count a lot more numbers and do a lot more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. math it'll be great you are listening to the after hours podcast This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We're asking you the midseason NFL awards, and that includes MVP. It's a toss-up right now. Of course, the award is not handed out in November, but according to Tyler Boyd, if it was handed out in November, this would be a no-brainer for his QB, Joe Burrow. Pretty sure you can ask anybody around the world that question. They'll say they'll agree with you, and I absolutely do. You know, I've been playing lights out. You know, just like I said, man, we got Chase down. I believe uh, Dre could come in and we could still win games. You know, that's just how good Joe is. You know, he knows how to uh, exploit different coverages. He knows how to beat man. He knows how to put the ball. I mean, it's just make everybody's job easier when you got a guy like that on your team. Bengals have won four in a row, and yes, since Joe Burrow got healthy, they've been a lot more fluid on offense. However, the defense is sneaky good, so the defense deserves some credit for keeping them in the race in the AFC North, and boy, is this one heck of a division this year. It's even better than the NFC Beast was last year, because the Commanders weren't really part of the equation last year. It was Philadelphia, Dallas, New York. Commanders were kind of scuffling. The AFC North has four teams that are all above 500. Amazing. And this weekend, it's Ravens and Browns, which certainly will be one of our candidates 
for the after hours game of the week. On Twitter, ALAW Radio, our Facebook page too, handing out your midseason awards. We'll continue to go through some of your responses. But Keith is in Jacksonville. Welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, Amy, how you doing? I'm good. All right, I'm just want to show some love to uh, Jacksonville, Florida, my Jacksonville Jaguars. We're six and two. No one's talking about us. We're first well, that's because they were on a bye last week, but they have won five in a row, so we definitely have talked right. about yes, them. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So, and I'd like to uh, give a shout-out to Josh Allen, a defensive end. He's have nine sacks. He mm-hmm. should be a candidate for defensive year or whatever. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's not flashy like Joe Burrow or Hollywood like Joe Burrow, <laughs> but he's winning games back-to-back, five in a row. So I'll let you show some of the Trevor Lawrence, too. Yeah, well, here's the cool thing about them is that they've gotten to this place now where they're they've got a lot of veterans on their team and they they've had they had so much turnover for a bunch of years and it wasn't just getting a new quarterback in Trevor Lawrence but that was certainly the case they brought in weapons around him in year 2 but they obviously changed coaches and coaching staffs and now I love that they have consistency from last year to this year uh certainly Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence are a formidable backfield they have an awesome mix of run and pass too and then yeah Josh Allen I don't know. He might be the better Josh Allen in the NFL to this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. All right. So you're ready for them to get back on the field this week? Uh, yeah, we're going to shock the world again. We're going to beat San Fran. <laughs> I, I, I bet on everything on that. They will beat San Fran. Wow. I, I tell you what, I wouldn't put it past them, and that would be four consecutive losses for the Niners, so they, they're definitely going the wrong way. But for the Jags, if they're going to stay hot through the bye, I mean, it's it's actually a nice weapon for a lot of teams when – weapon, that's a weird word for it. It's a nice perk <laughs> for a lot of teams when the coaching staff has extra time to prepare. And when it's an opponent as tough as the Niners, that's huge to have all those extra yeah. days to be able to prep for, for what they're going to see against San Fran. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I'm excited. Uh, Me too. Awesome, Keith. Good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. I mean, that's it's a good point that he makes about the Jaguars. Now, I I won't agree with him about how no one's talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Mostly, it's just because what have you done for me lately? And they were on a bye last week. But that London trip was so pivotal for them. And I think the NFL did the Jags a favor by giving them back-to-back games in London so that they wouldn't have to travel uh, the same way, right? I mean, they they knew they were going to be there. Now, it was certainly a different situation to practice in England for a week or for a few days anyway. But to stay there, they changed hotels, was different stadiums. So, yeah, they were the guinea pig. It seems like the Jaguars are the guinea pig when it comes to international games and international experiences. But to be able to stay there and get acclimated to the time change, to get acclimated to whatever else is different about the routine and the atmosphere, they played really well there. And it was an advantage to have two games in a row uh, at the you know at the behest of the NFL. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Let's see. The last I checked our Facebook page, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of responses. And maybe you're just finding it in the algorithm. Sometimes the algorithm is an ogre and doesn't allow our very insightful and interesting questions uh, to be part of your newsfeed. So then I, eh, I don't know what's happening there. F- Facebook is the devil. But here are a few responses. Ben says MVP 
is Patrick Mahomes still. He wins with no one at receiver. Offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud has that locked up. Uh, Ben goes on to say offensive player of the year, A.J. Brown. Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. And then defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. Uh, That was a a really impressive pickup, too, uh, for the Eagles, right? Is he He's healthy again, isn't he? Yeah. Okay, so he did miss at least one game, uh, but back on the field. Coach of the year, according to Ben, is Mike Tomlin. How... Now, this is Ben's synopsis, not mine. How the Steelers even win one game with Kenny Pickett is beyond me. Well, they've got George Pickens, who's a little frustrated. They do have every now and then a a run game that shows up. But more to the point, the defense has been terrific. I like the defense. Uh, And then he says, I know you all love Tyreek Hill. Who do you think he's referring to? You all. But Miami hasn't won against any team above 500 this season. Uh, Jason on Facebook, the MVP, Jalen Hurts. Offensive player of the year, A.J. Brown. Defensive rookie, Jalen Carter. Then he says offensive rookies, C.J. Stroud and Puka Nakua. I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, Andy on Facebook, offensive player, Tyreek Hill. And then Charger, oh, Khalil Mack, defensive player from the Chargers. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 